great. Oh. Good? Nope. And giving unto the Lord. I'm going to share more about that here in a minute. Uh, first of all, uh, good morning, Pastor Community Church. Good morning, Pastor Chaz. Good to see everybody here this morning. I know there's a lot of people that couldn't be here, uh, including the pastor, Jason uh, and Jen Moore, um, and as well as others that are out sick. Uh, you know, we're going to pray for those. I know that Sue's been out sick for a while, uh, tinnitus, I believe, and uh, I believe I think Chad Reaver and his family have uh, been sick. Uh, we'll pray for them. Uh, Becca and Robert are sick. We pray for them. Um, because I believe that when we pray, God answers prayers, right? God's a healing God, not just back then, but today and every day. He's a healing God. So let's pray. Let's open this up in prayer. Heavenly Father, we love you. Uh, Lord, it's our great joy to be in your house this morning. And Lord, to, to enjoy the fellowship of your people and the fellowship of you. Lord, we pray your presence be made manifest here today, Lord God, because we need you. We need you every hour of every day. And Lord, uh, all the reason I've just mentioned, Pastor Jason and Ben Moore, uh, Becca and Robert, uh, Stanley, um, uh, Sue Finley, uh, Chad Reber and his family, those people are, that are sick today, that, that couldn't be here, God, we just lift them up to you. And God, we just pray, Lord, that your touch, your, your healing touch would be upon them, God, that, that, Lord, you would bring them out of their sickness, bring them back to hell, Lord, make them every way whole, and, Lord, just touch them this morning and, and bring joy to their hearts today. We pray and ask it in Jesus' wonderful name. And everyone said amen. amen. All right. I know I've got my little guy over here who's going to preach with me. I don't know about the rest of you, but I, I, I do have a, a preaching corner over here, an amen corner, so... Uh, if I hear him, I know he's saying amen in his own way. He's just a cool dude. I, I can tell you that right now. Uh, so today we're going to talk about wisdom from above. Wisdom from above. Pastor Jason called me on Tuesday. He said, hey, uh, we, we, uh, Becca's sick and, and we've been around her and we don't know. So we're just going to say uh, we're going to be precautious. We're going to use some wisdom. And we're going to say, hey, uh, can you just go ahead and preach on Sunday and, and, and uh, we're going to stay at home so we're not around people and we might, you know, not pass this off. I'm like, Pastor, I'd be more than happy to. It's a very wise thing for him to do. But as soon as I hung up the phone, uh, God began to download this into my spirit. And I'm like, and I couldn't find a pen fast enough. So, I, you know, and when God gives me a word, he gives me a word. And when I, uh, I need to find a pencil or a pen or some paper and write it down. So I was at work during this thing. I was on my break at work. And I'm like, God, give me a piece of paper. And, man, I found it. I just started writing, 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 writing. So God had a lot to say about wisdom and uh, wisdom that comes from him. Uh, a lot of times we like to look at people in this world and, that have earthly wisdom and we like, that's a wise person, that's a wise person. But there's a difference between the wisdom that comes from God and the wisdom that comes from us. And I want to talk about the difference of, uh, today and, and the, the, uh, uh, the ramifications of those things because it's very, very important that we understand as believers in Jesus Christ, as believers in the Word of God, in the Bible, of believers that have received Jesus as our Savior, 
we got to understand and grow in wisdom that comes from above. If you have your Bibles, determine me to Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2. Now, you guys remember, we were just in this chapter here not too long ago. And uh, I'm going to give you the Paul Harvey rest of the story. Those of you who remember Paul Harvey. Here's the rest of the story. So we, we, we pick up where we left off. Uh, Jesus, Pastor Jason gave a great sermon series uh, on the birth of Jesus Christ and, and all that it entailed and all that went with it. We're going to pick up right here in Luke chapter 2, verse 40, where it's left off. We, we find Jesus uh, as a young man at this point. Uh, he grew from a baby. I know that's a shock to a lot of people. He grew from that baby in the manger and become a man. But in between the man part and the baby part, we find him right here. Luke chapter 2, verse 20 said, And the child grew and became strong, filled with wisdom, and the favor of God was upon him. Again, we find in chapter 2, verse 52, And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature, and in favor with God and man. I want to I want to connect the dots for you this morning. The the two the, the, the two scriptures that we find here have the same word attached to them, and that's wisdom. And it has another word attached to it. It says grew. So Jesus had to grow in wisdom, just like we do. The, Jesus didn't just pick it all up by by uh, uh, osmosis. No, Jesus had to grow in this wisdom. Jesus had to grow in his relationship with his Heavenly Father. Jesus had to grow in the power of the Holy Spirit to do anything that Jesus done. So I want to show you that today that we need the same wisdom that Jesus needed when he was a child. So I'm, I'm going to talk about wisdom. And, and, and a lot of times people think, well, you can, if you got gray hair or white hair, then typically you have some wisdom, right? No, it just means that you've seen a lot of things. <laughs> Because uh, in all honesty, you can have, you can be uh, 10 years old and have godly wisdom. Let me say it again. You can be 10 years old. You can be 15 years old. You can just graduate from high school and have godly wisdom. And it can be readily identified and seen and witnessed in you by others around you. And they can look at you and they see what you've done. They see what you say. They see what you do. And they can say, well, that person has good wisdom. Because wisdom doesn't have an age limit. It says right here, Jesus was a, was a, a, a child. The child grew, became strong, filled with wisdom. How did he do that? He did that with his connection with his heavenly father. He did that through his relationship with God. I'm here to tell you this morning that you also can have that same kind of wisdom through your relationship with God. The situation today, however is we have lots of knowledge, but little understanding. We have lots of means, but little meaning. We have lots of know-how, but little know-why. We have lots of sight, but less insight. A certain bumper sticker kind of conveys this whole idea in this way. It says, you are only young once, but you can be immature your whole life. 
God's telling us today, if you are, uh, if you call yourself a believer, if you, if you trust in the power of God, if you trust in Jesus Christ, you need to grow in this wisdom. Because we cannot be immature Christians our whole life. We can't do it. Listen, salvation comes from Christ. And at the moment that you receive Christ, you receive salvation. No man can take that from you. But upon that salvation, that becomes a, a foundation for your life. And you have to build upon the foundation that Jesus Christ laid in our life. And build and grow in wisdom. Someone say amen. amen. Jesus grew in knowledge and in wisdom. Christians must grow in knowledge and wisdom also. The Bible tells us that we're a new creation in Christ. That all the old things have passed away and all the, the, everything has become new. So if we are brand new, we're just like that baby in the manger. We are, we are unmolded yet. We are unshapen yet. We have, we have to allow God to mold and shape us like we are that clay on the potter's wheel. We gotta let his hands get on down on us. We gotta let his hands begin to mold us and shape us into what he's creating, recreating in us, because we were born again. We have become something different than we were before. And the world today needs Christians that will grow in wisdom. The world today needs you to grow in Christ, to become wise. We make the decisions every day, a lot of them. Does anybody know or have any idea or even a guess how many decisions a, 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 an average adult makes in a day? Just a guess. 100? 150? Anybody else? Just a guess. Average adult. 35,000. That was your name. The average, this is based on researchers uh, determining that the average adult makes 35,000 decisions a day. How many of those decisions are wise ones? How many of those decisions fulfill the purpose and plan of God? How many of those decisions impact your life and the life of those around you in a positive way for Christ? That's 2,000 decisions per hour. Let me break it down just a little bit more. That's one decision every two seconds. There, you just made another one. Oh, you just made another one. Oh, you just made another one. The deci I, you know, I'm glad for the decision you made this morning to get up and come here and listen to me. Because <laughs> I'm going to ramble a little bit. But the word that God's preparing for you through me is so important. And the decisions you make are based upon what you hear and how you apply it to your life. See, 35,000 decisions a day is a lot of room for error, correct? So if, if you have 1% error, how much is that, math teachers? Carry one, 3,500. 3,500. You know, I had that in my head. I did that because that's why I said 1% because I could just do that easy now. We gotta make sure that we cut out even that one percent. Why? Because it's critical to your your spiritual well-being as well as the spiritual well-being of those around you. Not only that, they can be it, it can have physical consequences. It can have spiritual consequences. It can have it always does. 
understand that if you choose not to decide, you still have made a choice. Somebody sang a song about it. I'm not going to go into that. You know, back in the 70s, they had great wisdom, right? They had, they had songs that had great wisdom, like, don't pull on Superman's cape, don't spit in the wind, don't pull the mask off the old way, Lone Ranger, and don't mess around with Jim, right? You would have thought that would have been great wisdom, but it's not really. It's a good, it's a good idea. Don't pull on Superman's cape. But today, we have to have wisdom. Knowledge is power. You ever heard that? Knowledge is power. But here's the problem with that. Knowledge is power to either succeed or fail. You can have great knowledge of a lot of things. But it's dangerous if you don't have godly wisdom. See, knowing things and having wisdom are two different things because wisdom is the understanding how to utilize knowledge for the greater good. Right. That's godly wisdom. That's what we need. We need wisdom from above. It's power to succeed or fail. Proverbs 14, 12 says this, There is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is death. There's a way that seems right to us. When we're thinking about it, when we're making decisions at 35000 a day, there's a way that seems right, but the end of it is destruction. The end of it is death. The end of it is negative. The end of it is bad. Because we rely upon our own understanding. We rely upon our own knowledge. We rely upon our own wisdom. Or worse, we rely upon the wisdom of those around us. We rely upon the wisdom of academia, which could be good or bad. It's, listen, it, uh, uh, knowledge is in amoral. It's not immoral, it's amoral. It doesn't have morality. What you do with the knowledge is moral, is right or wrong, good or bad. So we have the opportunity every day to make 35,000 decisions of, and utilize the knowledge that we have in a wisdom kind of way, in a good kind of way. Satan is more than willing to give us all the knowledge we can handle. Matter of fact, some of the worst decision makers I've ever met in my life are those who have, or who are, are, are uh, well-educated, beyond-educated, uh, master's degree, doctor's degree. They have a, a, a great uh, a rapport among their peers and, and they're uh, well uh, established and, and highly esteemed, but they have no lick of wisdom at all. Because what they do, they have the, the, all the knowledge that they have, they utilize it in the wrong way. I'm here to tell you that we can have a little bit of knowledge and a little bit, a whole lot of knowledge, a little bit of wisdom, and that knowledge will be put to good use. That knowledge will be used to glorify and honor God. That, that knowledge will be put to, put to use by wisdom that will bless us and bless those around us. Jesus did that himself. Satan's more than willing to give us all that we can handle. Let's go back to Genesis chapter 3. Let's look at verse 3 through 7. Let's see what wisdom did in the Garden of Eden. It said, But God said, You shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. God laid out perfect boundaries. He said, This is the boundaries. Here's where you can go, here's where you can't go. I'm laying it out for you. But the serpent said to the woman, You will not surely die, for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like 
God, knowing good and evil. So Satan, in, in, in the form of a serpent, got to Adam, got to Eve, started filling their minds with this nonsense, started giving them knowledge. I'm going to fill in the blanks for you guys. I'm going to do you one good. That tree that God told you not to eat of, hey, you have no idea the kind of possibilities you can have if you eat that fruit. Oh, it'll make you smart. It'll, it'll give you understanding. It'll make you wise. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was a delight to the eyes, and that the tree was to be desired to make one what? Wise. She took of its fruit and ate. And she also gave some to her husband, who was with her, and he ate. Then the eyes of both were opened, and they knew that they were naked. And they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loincloths. Hmm. So that thing which the enemy told her would make her wise only made them sinners. Understand, knowledge is one thing. Wisdom is another thing. Wisdom utilizes knowledge to the greater good of yourself and those around you. Knowledge just puffs up and makes you prideful. The knowledge that, the, that Satan uh, shared with Eve, that, hey, this is gonna, it's good for food, it's, it's pleasant to the eyes, it's going to make you wise, only made them sinners. They understood their nakedness. I'm trying to think about, <laughs> thinking to myself, how in the world did they not know they were naked? They didn't have the knowledge of it. Somebody had to tell them. See where knowledge gets you? If you don't have the wisdom that goes with it. Knowledge will be a detriment to you. It will kill you. It was, the, it was the kiss of death for Adam and Eve because before that, they had perfect connection with God, perfect relationship with God, perfect fellowship with God. There was no disconnect between Adam and Eve and God until they decided to do the one thing that God told them not to do. And the knowledge that came from doing it separated them from God. So all it did was made them in need of a Savior. All the knowledge that we grew up with, thinking that we knew this and we knew that, and we had understanding and all this knowledge, it didn't have a, it, it couldn't connect us to the one who created us. It couldn't connect us to the goodness and the blessings of God. But I'm here to tell you this morning that this wisdom that God wants to give every one of us is available 24-7 to all of us. I don't care if you're 10 months old or if you're 110. God bless Betty White. She died, what, 18 days before her 100th birthday? God bless Betty White. Love Betty White. Uh, but Betty White still made 35,000 decisions a day at 99 years old. Understand. We never, listen, the wisdom never sleeps. It never slumbers. It's always there ready for us. If we would reach out and grab it. Knowing right from wrong and good from evil doesn't mean that you will choose to do the right and good. I, I don't need to go to church. I know right from wrong. How many times have you ever heard that? I know good from evil. I don't need to go to church. Well, you can pick up knowledge in church. But most importantly, you can pick up the wisdom of God. Because if the word of God is preached in that church, you will pick up the wisdom of God through the preaching of that word. If you receive that word, 
And you apply that word, God will, will, will utilize that word in you to have good wisdom, to make good decisions. Because we can do wrong all the time. A lot of us do. Even when you're Christians, we do wrong sometimes, right? None of us is perfect. We're all sinners in need of a Savior. And we did it. If there's 35,000 decisions we make a day, how many of that are laced with sin? Don't do the math. I can tell you already. A lot. Right? Where we go, who we hang out with, what we do, where our eyes go, what we see, what we hear, what we experience, what we bring or don't bring to the table. There's so much opportunity for us to sin on a daily basis. Why? Because we have so many decisions to make. We, listen, when we sin, we decide to sin. The decision to sin would be, be made on the spot. I see it. I like it. Serpent said it was cool. It's all good. I'm going to be. I'm going to be full of wisdom. Decision, decision, decision. Death, death, death. Like a lot of people who decided to go out on New Year's Eve and get drunk and get behind the wheel of a car. Now, I don't know what the statistics are today or even last year, but I guarantee you they're in the thousands of people who made that decision. The first decision was I'm going out. The second decision is I'm going to drink. The third decision is I'm going to get drunk. The fourth decision is I'm going to get behind the wheel of a car and drive. And after that point, the decisions are no longer left up to them because now they're either going to kill themselves or kill somebody else, and more likely both. Godly wisdom says don't even go out the door. <laughs> How many of you stay home on New Year's Eve? Why? Because they call it amateur night for a reason. They call it amateur night for a reason because people are making decisions that are so let's not even talk about the decisions that when they went out and they did all that drinking and they're hanging out and they're doing what they're doing and all the relationships that they're, they're crushing as they do what they do. Let's not even talk about that. I'm just talking about the big one. Knowing right from wrong, good from evil, doesn't mean that you will choose to do the right and the good. We need godly wisdom for that. For the choices. Proverbs 20. 26 says this. It says, whoever trusts in his own mind is a fool. We're foolish if we think that we can, We have all the decision-making process uh, uh, right in our life. We don't. We don't. I don't have it all together. I need him. <laughs> I don't have it all together. I need him. I, have, I, I feel like I have a fairly decent life. A respectable life. Uh, uh, relatively successful, somewhat. And I'm an idiot in comparison to what I could be with the wisdom of God. I'm a fool if I trust in my own decision making. I have to leave. And not just the big things. You see where the getting up out of your chair was the decision to, to get into your car, which is the decision to, get, to go to the bar, which is the decision to, to get drunk with. The start of getting up out of your chair if I can cut it off there, that's using godly wisdom. Above all things, get wisdom. Proverbs 16, 16 says this. This is the uh, King Solomon that, that wrote this proverb that said this. How much better 
to get wisdom than gold, to get understanding is to be chosen rather than silver. Why would he say that? Now, if you had a, a, a just just humor me for a minute. If you found a, a you know a lamp with gold or brass or whatever it is, and you rub that thing and a genie pops out, right? You got three wishes. What what do you want? Right, right. What was the first thing most people would say? Well, I want a lot of money. I want a lot of money. Here's the problem with that. Okay, how many times have you heard of people hitting the lottery and within a year they're bankrupt? Not only are they bankrupt, they owe more money than what they started with. Understand this, because they're full on this money are soon parted, right? There's no wisdom in that, because they had, if they didn't have wisdom about how to utilize finances correctly, they will go through that thing like water. I've seen it, I, I, I mean, time and time and time again. I've seen it on, on, on TV shows. They go from rags to riches, back to rags, and then worse. Why? They had no wisdom. So I'm not going to choose money. What did Solomon choose? <laughs> Solomon, when he became king, he was David, uh, King David's son, when he became king, he had, uh, God said, what, what, what can I give you? What do you want, Solomon? Solomon says, I want wisdom that I might rule over your people rightly. He chose correct. And not only did, did Solomon get wisdom, Solomon got all the riches that available at the time. Matter of fact, the Bible tells us that, that Solomon is, is one of the wealthiest men that ever lived. He didn't have to go get the money first. He got the wisdom first. Because with wisdom, he was able to utilize the money correctly. What did he do? He built out the temple. He built the, the first temple. Uh, his dad didn't build it. His dad had a, had a tabernacle. Solomon built the temple of God. And when they dedicated that temple, oh, the, the Bible tells us, uh, takes us to the scene that they began to worship and they began to sing and, and the glory of God filled the temple. Such great power was in that and the glory of God that the people couldn't stand it. It was so strong. The presence of God was what, what Solomon wanted. Solomon built a temple that the presence of God would be manifest there. What he understood, what wisdom dictated to him was the fact that, hey, I need God more than I need anything. I need God more than I need air. I need his wisdom. So he got everything else with him. Right? He got the gold. He got the woman that he wanted. You know, he got all of it. He got the kingdom. Right? Solomon had it all. Had it all. He said, get wisdom. Get wisdom. Wisdom comes from above, but it comes by asking. Jesus said it this way Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. Seek, and it shall be found. And ask, and it shall be given. If we will simply ask God for wisdom, God will give us, give us wisdom. James, the brother of Jesus, wrote these words in James 1 and 5. He said, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives it, what? Generously. God's not going to hold that wisdom from you. Matter of fact, God's doing all he can to get wisdom into your minds, into your hearts, into your soul, into your spirit. Why? Because he loves you. Because he wants to make all 35,000 decisions you make a day 
good decisions. Good for you, good for your family, good for your co-workers, good for your community, good for this world. He said, God gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given him. Listen, one of the greatest acts of wisdom that we can do is give unto the Lord. Why? Because he tells us in his word that when we give, he will give it back to us, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. The, one of the greatest things that, that Solomon ever did in, in utilizing the wisdom that God gave him was to give back to God. He said, oh, we, 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 we're going to continue the, the sacrifice in the temple. We're going to build this temple. And we're going to overlay everything with gold. I'm going to give everything I got to God. And then God's going to give back everything he promised. You cannot go wrong and you cannot outgive God. So, how do I give to God? I give to God a lot of ways. Not me personally, I mean we give. We give alms to the poor. We give offerings in the house of God. We give our tithes. The most, the, the, listen, the most, the wisest thing you can do with your finances is give God the first 10%. Why? Because if you want the 90% blessed, you'll give the first 10%. God said, hey, what I want to want from you is this. Not that I need your money, but that you need me to bless your finances. If you give me that 10%, I'll make sure the rest of your 90% is blessed. And not only that, I'll help you to, to organize your, your financial uh, uh, self to where you will be blessed with the money and not cursed. Because listen, curse, uh, money can be a curse to us. Right? Money can be an absolute curse to people. And God knows that. That's part of the reason why we, he calls on us to give a tithe. Because where your treasure is, your heart will be also. So if my treasure is in the house of God, if I'm bringing my 10% to God, I'm giving it to God, it's, it's utilized in the house of God, then the rest of my finances will be blessed. I'm bringing my treasure and my heart's coming with it. Come on, somebody. That's how we do it. That's how God has, that's God has organized us to do that. That's just using his wisdom. Why? Because what he'll do with that 10% will knock your socks off. People will come to Christ through that 10%. People will get built up in Christ through that 10%. We, pay, we, 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 we don't pay Pastor Jason to preach here, to pastor this church. We give him a salary that frees him up from everything else he's doing in life to come and be a pastor. And we do it through our ties. God is touching people, healing people, saving people, delivering people, helping people through your giving. It's a wise thing to do. I kind of went off on that a little bit. But it's the truth. It is the truth. And, and, and when Christians get an understanding of that, I'm moving on. Wisdom is proven by its fruit. Wisdom is proven by its fruit. Jesus said it this way. He said, wisdom is proven by its children. What's it mean? Same thing I just said. It's proven by its fruit. The offspring of wisdom or the outworking of wisdom is what proves it to be wise. James chapter 3. 
verse 13 through 15 says this. It says, who is wise among you? But his good conduct, let him by his good conduct, let him show his works in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast and be false to the truth. This is not the wisdom that comes from above, but it is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exists, there will be disorder in every vile practice. What is James saying? James is saying this. He said, your wisdom is, is worth nothing. Your wisdom, as a matter of fact, should be tossed out and trampled under the foot of people. Why? Because your wisdom produces bitter jealousy, selfish ambition, and falsehoods. Your wisdom does not come from above. It comes from the earth. It's unspiritual. Matter of fact, it's worse, worse than unspiritual. It's demonic. Your wisdom, not your, but the world's wisdom, is infiltrated and influenced demonically. That's why we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but what? Spiritual wickedness in high places. You don't see the spiritual world. You don't see demons in, in, in 3D, 4D, whatever. You don't, uh, they don't manifest to you but they manifest through the, the decision-making of other people. People who are demonically influenced make demonic decisions and utilizing the knowledge that they have. So who is wise among you? The, the, the proof of your wisdom is in the fruit of your wisdom. What is the outcome? What, you know, we, we, we can go down the list of drug dealing, drug smoking, uh, 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 prostitution, uh, uh, you know, uh, sex trafficking. Those things are all demonically influenced and demonically driven, and people think, well, it's smart to do this because I make a lot of money. It's not smart what you're doing, it's demonic what you're doing. Understand where I'm coming from here because little decisions become big decisions. They decided to, well, maybe someday I'll just dabble in this drug dealing thing. I'm going to make me some quick money. Well, next thing you know, they're in, in the prostitution thing, they're in the, the sex trafficking thing. They're in. One small decision leads to great decisions which lead to death and destruction. But good conduct, righteous conduct, is produced good fruit. It produces good fruit. Let's, let's, let's see what James has to say further on the issue. James chapter 3, verse 17 and 18. <clears throat> He's going to talk about the wisdom that comes from above. The, the wisdom that comes from above is first pure. Then it's peaceable. It's gentle. It's open to reason. Full of mercy and good fruits. Impartial and sincere. And the harvest of righteousness is sown in peace. By those who make peace. Let me break it down to you a little bit. Number one, the wisdom that comes from above is first pure. It's pure. What's pure mean? It's uncontaminated. It's undefiled. It is perfect. Just as God is perfect, his wisdom is perfect. And it's perfectly fit for us. It's got your perfect size, whether you're five foot nothing like my wife. Right? Or your six foot, three or four, whatever Corey is. 
It's perfect. It's right size, right? It's right size for us because it's pure. It's undefiled. It, 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 it is perfect for us. It is perfect because God is perfect. Someone say amen. The second thing, wisdom from above, is it's peaceable. It means it's free from conflict. Peace is what? Freedom from conflict. There is no conflict. There's no conflict. There's no war. I remember back when I was a young Christian, there was a war that raged inside of me, which was this. The war between the old man and the new man. The old creation and the new creation. The one who was outside of Christ and the one who was inside of Christ. Those were at complete conflict with each other. But as I grew in wisdom that comes from above, the conflict got smaller and smaller and smaller. Why? Because the spiritual man on the inside was growing day by day, and I'm growing in this thing, and God's given me wisdom, I'm utilizing this wisdom, and now I no longer fight with that old man he's already dead. Come on, somebody. And this is what we have to do in the body of Christ. We have to crucify the old person. We have to embrace the new man or the new woman that God is creating in you. Why? Because that's the person that's going to utilize this wisdom, and this wisdom is going to bless you. It's going to bless your spouse. It's going to bless your kids. It's going to bless your grandkids. It's going to bless your neighborhood. It's going to bless your community. It's going to bless America. It's going to bless the world. It starts with the decision that you make. You can't change the world unless you're willing to make those decisions. <clears throat> and that comes from the wisdom that God gives us. But it's peaceable. It's peaceable. The next thing it is, it's gentle. It's kind. It's good-hearted. It reminds me, this, this list reminds me of the fruit of the Spirit, right? The goodness, the gentleness comes from the Holy Spirit. It's the outworking of the Holy Spirit on the inside of us. And the Holy Spirit is the agent that, that delivers the wisdom to us. That's why it's gentle. It's open to reason. It's considerate of other people. It's willing to be reasoned with and listens to other people's points of view. It's rational. It's reasonable. You ever met any person that's unreasonable? They will not listen to nothing you have to say. It don't matter how good it is, how good it is for them. That's wisdom that comes from this world. It's, it's demonic. <clears throat> There's a demonic influence in that. But the wisdom that comes from God makes us reasonable people. We're, we're able to reason with the word of God. We're, either, we're able to reason with the connection we have with God. We're even able to reason with what the Holy Spirit is trying to tell us as a believer. Reason, open to reason. It's full of mercy and good fruits. It's compassionate and it's loving just like the God it came from. Of mercy. Listen, where would we be without the mercy of God? Mercy is this not getting what we deserve. That's mercy. We, we have the wages of sin is death, and all, all, every single one of us is a sinner saved by grace. The wages of sin is death. The, the way to avoid the payday is to come to Christ. <laughs> because I, the wages, I don't want to accumulate those wages. I want the wages that God has. Full of mercy and good fruits. It's impartial, having no bias towards any person at all, regardless of your age, your sex, your gender, your color, 
your, your nationality. It has no respect of persons whatsoever. And the grace of God is the same way. So that's part of the wisdom that comes from God. It's impartial and without hypocrisy, which means it's just plain and simple, sincere. Sincere. Hypocrisy is play acting. I act one way, but I really am this way. I say things this way when I'm in front of my Christian friends, but I do things this way when I'm not around people. Understand that's the hypocrisy. But this wisdom that comes from above has no hypocrisy. It's very sincere. It's authentic. It sounds authentic. Here's the cool thing. Three of those uh, that I just listed are part of Jesus' Beatitudes. Blessed are the pure in heart. Blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are the merciful. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall, uh, what? Inherit the kingdom of God. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall be shown what? Mercy. It's the same thing that Jesus preached over and over and over again as he was healing people out in the wilderness on the side of a mountain when he was preaching the word of God. He was sharing with them the wisdom of God. So Jesus grew in it. Jesus preached it and taught it. The apostles taught it. They grew in it. They taught it. That's what the brother of Jesus, James, is sharing with us right now. Some of those were the fruits of the spirits, and Jesus said it this way: "His wisdom is justified by its children." My prayer today is that we would be filled with the wisdom that comes from above. And do not lean on our own understanding, and all of our ways acknowledge Him, and He will direct. I'm quite sure that I was uh, sure that I was shorter than Pastor Jason. Jason, I know you're watching. That's how you do it. I'm just kidding. That's a joke. Pastor Jason does fine. He's perfectly perfect timing, Pastor Jason. But I said all that to say this. First step to wisdom is connecting your, to yourself to the one who has life. If he created all of us, created this whole entire universe, spoke it into existence, do you not think that he has the wisdom of all the heavens and the earth and is able to give it to us? I say yes. I say yes. I said absolutely. And it's the exact thing that we need. God is in the, in the business of giving, giving us what we need. He may not give us everything that we want. Why? Because sometimes when he gives us the things that we want, we destroy ourselves with them. Amen? Show me a person that has everything they want without the wisdom of God. I'll show you a person that lives in eternal God's not a killjoy. He's not out here to destroy your life, ruin your fun. He's here to bless you. He's here to encourage you. He's here to provide you with good wisdom, good understanding that comes from above that will produce good fruit in your life. I thank God for you. Now listen, I don't make all the good decisions all the time. 
Sometimes I revert back to myself. But the good news is this, is that when I do, I become aware of it and I change it. What we need to learn to do is when we make that bad decision, don't let it fester, don't let it grow, cut it off, ask God to help you, and change it, reverse that curse. Father, we love you, and we are grateful and thankful for all that you've done in our lives. We're grateful and thankful, Lord, that your word tells us that we can have wisdom that comes from you, wisdom that comes from above, wisdom that will help us to make good decisions. Out of those 35,000, we can make good decisions concerning all of them if we'll just learn to listen to you. And so, Lord, today I pray right now. But for everyone that's watching online, for everyone that's here, God, I pray that you would touch them with the wisdom that comes from you. Give them the wisdom to seek your wisdom. Just like you've given us the grace to receive your grace. Lord, I know it will be a blessing to them. I know it will be a blessing to their homes. I know it will be a blessing to their communities for the rest of their lives. I pray right now. Fill us with your wisdom. Fill us with your Holy Spirit. Fill us, fill us with your understanding, God. Lord, that we might be a blessing and that we might be blessed. We honor you in all things. We praise you in all things. And if there is anyone here today or watching online right now that, that has not received you, God, that you would touch them with your grace, that you would reach down into their life right now. By your spirit, God, touch them that they would receive Christ. And the life that he has for each one of us, and the grace that he has for each one of us, and the mercy and the forgiveness of sins that he has for each one of us, that trust in him. I pray for them right now. And if there's anyone out there right now that you need to make a decision is the wisest decision that you will ever make. I pray that you make it right now. I pray that you make it right now. Say, Lord, I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. I believe that Christ died on the cross for my sins. I believe that he was resurrected on the third day. I believe that he's living in, in heaven with you forever. And I, and I believe, Lord, that you died for my sins.
think is going to go with us. And we're grateful for that. We're grateful for you calling your people. Lord, I pray that Lord, you would bless each and every one. Those at home watching online, those who are here, bless each and every one, Lord, with your wisdom throughout this week and all the weeks to come. But Lord, I know that as we do, as we receive your wisdom, Lord, we will be blessed. And we will be a blessing. I pray that you protect us as the door separate ways. Encourage us all. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen and amen. We love you, God loves you, God bless you. Is our prayer. You are dismissed. I think it's shut off.